0: The title of the message tonight, as you can see, is Clouds and Trumpets, and you have no idea what I'm going to talk about. I may not either, so just hold on. You'll, you'll find out. So what I'm going to do is begin in the book of Numbers. Now, the book of Numbers is—we're uh, not going to read that passage of Scripture. Uh, it's going to come from the ninth chapter of Numbers, the story— and, uh, what I've, you know, the end, at the end of the ninth chapter of Numbers, it just gives the way that the children of Israel knew what to do and when to do it. It, it gave them understanding about when they were to camp, when they were to break camp. And so there was, there was with them in the wilderness... The cloud of God's glory and that's the cloud that we're talking about and so if you can keep that if you can keep that connection as we read the rest of these passages of scripture i'm going to submit to you that we continue to talk about the cloud of God's glory in every other passage of scripture that we're going to consider and hopefully uh, you will see that now the cloud of God's glory was a constant reminder in the camp. It was the manifestation of God's presence to the people. It was a reminder to them that they did not need to look around for guidance. And so sometimes the cloud would would settle on the tabernacle for a day, and then the next morning it would move, and they would move. And sometimes it was a month, or it might be longer. They moved when God moved. God was the indicator to them of, of, of what they needed to do, and so they followed the Lord. Not only so, but you will see that this same cloud in the camp, and by the way, the whole camp, every tribe was to camp with facing the tabernacle. They were to set their camp in that direction so that that The place of God's presence was always the central focus of God's people. And the cloud of God's glory would settle upon the tabernacle. When the tabernacle was erected, the cloud filled the tabernacle, or God's glory or God's presence filled the tabernacle, and that's significant. So this cloud was the indication of God's presence. It was the constant reminder that God was with them by following the cloud, They were following God. Now, that cloud was first introduced to them at Mount Sinai. Now, it first appeared at the Red Sea. I do believe I'm correct on that when it protected them from the onrushing armies of Pharaoh. But introduced to them in a real and meaningful way in Exodus chapter 19. And so that's the passage that I would like you to look at. Reminding you that we began in Numbers chapter 9, although we didn't read the scripture because it's extensive and I have a lot of scripture to share with you tonight to show you this. But now we're going to look at Exodus chapter 19 verse 9. God said to Moses, he said, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe in you forever. This is the way... God was going to reveal himself to the people. That didn't occur immediately, but three days later, we read in Exodus chapter 19, verse 16, So it came about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud upon the mountain. And then we read in chapter 20, in verse 21, So the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. Now, just to let you know, this is the same cloud that we're talking about in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, and in the book of Numbers. So the Bible tells us about Moses' experience with the cloud in Exodus chapter 24, verses 15 through 17. Then Moses went up to the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for the sixth day, and on the seventh day he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud and to the eyes of the sons of Israel. The appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. That was the cloud, the cloud which was in the appearance of a cloud by day, and it appeared as a pillar of fire by night because the cloud in some way was this manifestation of, of God's presence. So we've established the significance of the cloud in the wilderness. It was the cloud of glory. Now, if you turn, we began in the ninth chapter of Numbers. So if you turn from the ninth chapter of Numbers to Numbers chapter 10, and now I invite you to turn there, we are going to look at some scripture in chapter 10 in Numbers. You see another reminder of what happened on Sinai. The movements in the camp were dictated not only by the cloud but by the sound of a trumpet. Actually, there were two trumpets, silver trumpets, according to the scripture. I'm going to read from the 10th chapter, and as I do, listen for the different reasons for the blowing of the trumpet. All of this scripture may not be up there. I think I'm only going to have a portion of it, because there's only one verse that is going to be specific to Uh, our instruction for tonight, and that's verse 7, but I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses, Make two silver trumpets of hammered work you shall make them, and you shall use them for summoning the congregation and for breaking camp. And when both are blown, all the congregation shall gather themselves to you at the tent of meeting. But if they only blow one, Then the chiefs, the heads of the tribes, shall gather themselves to you. When you blow an alarm, the camps that are on the east side shall set out. And when you blow an alarm the second time, the camps that are on the south side shall set out. An alarm is to be blown whenever they are to set out. Verse 7, but when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow a long blast. And you shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron and the priest shall blow the trumpets. And if you continue to read the, through the, about verse 10, you will see again and again instructions for how to respond to the trumpets. Now, why would the sound of a trumpet have anything to do with God's presence or God's guidance, especially as far as we are concerned? Well, for one reason, he tells them here to use the trumpet... And by using the trumpet, God would remember them. Second, it was part of their training, their conditioning to respond to various situations. There were times when they would be gathered to the tent of meeting. There were times when they were to march. Different sounds of the trumpet would alert them to the needed response. That's not unusual. As you know, we also have conditioned responses. If you hear a siren, You know, particularly, probably, if it's the siren of a police car or the siren of an ambulance or the siren of a fire truck or if there's a tornado siren, you are conditioned to respond to the sound of those alarms. But these trumpets were only reminders of another day when they heard the sound of a trumpet. Now, I'm telling you that the trumpets in the camp that were blown regularly were only reminders of the sound of another trumpet. Now, the third reason the trumpet would remind them of God goes back to their experience at Mount Sinai to a passage that we didn't read. So I'm going to go back and read Exodus 19, verse 16, and I'm going to read verse 16 and 17, 18, 19, and 20. On the morning of the third day, And the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. So we have now not just cloud the cloud, but we have the cloud and the trumpet. We have the cloud and the trumpet on the mountain. And we have the cloud and the trumpets, the silver trumpets in the camp. Now, here's the question. On the mountain, who blew this trumpet? We don't know. I won't try to explain. One interesting thing we're told in Numbers 10 is that one certain sound of the trumpet, one certain sound was to gather the people. Verse 7, But when the assembly is to be gathered together, You shall blow a long blast, but you shall not sound an alarm. Now, I'm not uh, going to argue with you about what your Bible might say because I checked numerous English translations, let's say 20, and almost every one of them reads something different at that verse. But this is the most consistent one that I could find, that when the trumpet gives a long blast... That is the sound, to be gathered together. Now, <clears throat> on that day, there was a sound that would assemble God's people to God's house. And, on, uh, you know, I remember, you know, when the bell used to ring, you remember when the church bell used to ring? And when the bell rang, that was, the, that was, the, that was not the call to start Sunday school, that was the call to go to church. When you heard the bell, that was the sound to come. It was the it was the notice. Church, it's time for church. Everybody, come to church. And they rang those church bells. Yes, they rang them to start church, but they also rang them to remind people to come to church. Oh, there was that there was a trumpet that we could blow today, and God's people, like they were then, would be conditioned to be to respond and come from every place and be gathered to Him. Now, what I find interesting is that these two reminders of God's presence remain so all the way through the Bible. Clouds and trumpets. The first mention of a cloud in the Bible is when God put His rainbow in the cloud that His people might remember His promise. The next mention is this pillar of cloud in the wilderness. But also... The, the cloud was not only in the wilderness and on the tabernacle, the cloud was in the Holy of Holies. If you look at Leviticus chapter 16, verse 2, the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die, for I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. Now I think we can safely say that the cloud on Mount Sinai and the pillar of cloud in the wilderness and the cloud over the tabernacle and the cloud uh, over in the Holy of Holies is the same cloud. Now there's a cloud of incense that's mentioned later in terms of Aaron and his ministry, but I don't think that's the cloud that's generated by Aaron in the Holy of Holies. I think that's different. Now as you might know, this same cloud remained an experience in the life of God's people. You say, where else is the cloud found? I don't read it, I read about it anywhere else except in the wilderness. Oh, the cloud was not known by the people of God for hundreds of years. As you know, they, they were slaves in Egypt and they didn't know the cloud in, in Egypt. And then there were all those years of, of, of the judges and they didn't know the cloud in the Days of the Judges. And there were the days of David, but they didn't know the cloud in the days of David. But then Solomon built the temple. And when Solomon dedicated the temple, the Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 8, uh, verses 10 and 11, after the death of David, Solomon built the temple. The Ark of the Covenant that had been in the tabernacle in the wilderness was placed in the temple. Uh, and so, and, and, and in verse 10... When the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Now if you read through, you you don't see that cloud again. The cloud doesn't appear again. You might see it in, in, in Chronicles where you have the repetitive story of of the dedication of the temple, but you don't see or hear of the cloud again until the book of Ezekiel. And in the book of Ezekiel, you find the cloud not settling upon the house, but leaving the house. The cloud is leaving the temple. God's glory is departing the temple. That's in Ezekiel the 10th chapter. There's a graphic explanation of God's glory departing. No such cloud again is mentioned until A similar cloud, a kind of cloud, is mentioned in the book of Daniel in chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Daniel said, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days, and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. And so there's the last mention of that cloud, so to speak, in the Old Testament. There might be more and you might confine them, but certainly I've shown you how the cloud goes from at least the beginning of the Old Testament to nearly the end of the Old Testament representative of God's presence and God's activity. Now, no such cloud is mentioned again in the Bible until during the ministry of Jesus. And in the ministry of Jesus, Jesus took Peter and James and John up on a high mountain. And this is in uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And as Jesus was praying, verse 29 now, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him. And I won't read all the scripture. You know this story. This is on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses and Elijah came. Peter was all excited. He said, I need to build three tents. One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. And then a cloud came down. And Peter and James and John were terrified. And God spoke out of the cloud. And he said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. The cloud that appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration is the cloud that appeared on Mount Sinai is the cloud that settled on the tabernacle is the cloud that settled on the temple when the glory of the Lord filled the house. This is that same cloud. And of course then Jesus says in Luke chapter 21 verses 26 and 27, He he looks forward to a time in the future. He says, look, the powers of heaven are going to be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. I'm telling you, we're talking about the same cloud. We're talking about the Old Testament cloud here in the New Testament. And in Acts we read that when he ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1, 9, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight clouds. We're talking about clouds, but we're not talking about any earthly cloud. We're not talking about any atmospheric cloud. We're not talking about a vapor cloud. We're talking about the glory cloud of God that runs throughout scripture. Uh, Revelation chapter 14, verses 14 through 16, then I looked and behold, a white cloud. And seated on the cloud, one like a son of man with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand, and another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. And then, of course, we read in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, Behold, he is coming with the clouds. So I'm just showing you this consistency in scripture. Now we've looked at the consistency with the clouds, but now we need to consider not only that are we consistent with clouds, but we also need to be consistent with the trumpets. I raised this out of a matter of interest. I, I can't say anything particular about it. All I can show you is, as I said before, is how God's people in the Old Testament were conditioned to respond to the trumpet, and so you saw the trumpets, the silver trumpets they made in the camp to remind them of the trumpet they heard on Mount Sinai, no earthly trumpet. We'll read it again, as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder. That's no earthly trumpet. Now I want to take you to another place where you'll say, well, brother, you're just off your rocker here. I don't agree with you here, but I'll let you say that. I'll let you think what you want to think and decide what you want to decide. You're Baptist, and that's what you're going to do. Anyway, go to the story when Joshua and the people fought the battle of Jericho. What they carry with them? They carried trumpets, and they were to blow trumpets. They were march around the city, and they were to blow trumpets. And they marched around the city and they would blow trumpets. They did that day after day after day. But I want you to notice one verse, Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. So the people shouted, this is the seventh day. So the people shouted, Joshua 6, 20. So the people shouted and the trumpets, trumpets, trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Does this say to you, as it does to me, that there was another trumpet blast from an unknown source that caused the wall to fall? There were trumpets, and then there was a trumpet. Over and over we see trumpets used. If you read the Old Testament, they're used over and over throughout the Old Testament. There's the Feast of Trumpets, and there are trumpets used for this, and trumpets used at the coronation of the kings. But we come to the book of Nehemiah, when the people of God return from the captivity. Uh, There's one verse in the book of Nehemiah that's interesting. Nehemiah said, I have a trumpeter with me. He'll always be with me. And he says in chapter 4, verse 20, he says, The place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Simply, that was an earthly trumpet, but they were conditioned to rally together and to depend on God. God's people conditioned by trumpets because they're clouds and their trumpets. You look for a specific cloud, you listen for a specific trumpet. So in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, talking about the time of His coming, He said, Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. There was that long trumpet blast in the camp that was to gather God's people. There was the loud trumpet call that brought Moses up the mountain. And then Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder. So... Now we've brought the story back together. It's the story of clouds and trumpet. The, the cloud, the, the trumpet call is somehow connected with the cloud of God's glory. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter fifty one, um, chapter 15, verse 51. Paul wrote, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last Trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality In the clouds of heaven, no ordinary clouds, with power and great glory, but not only with clouds, but with clouds and trumpets. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. You know this one. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, or with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then in Revelation chapter 10 verse 7, but in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel. That's the last trumpet. At least that's the last trumpet in the book of Revelation. The mystery of God will be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants the prophets. And then in Revelation 11:15, then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Clouds and trumpets from the Old Testament to the New. Another one of those consistencies in Scripture that we can rejoice about and think about. Let's pray.